Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Coming back at you today for episode 109. Welcome back to the show, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, as always, Rhett Mustache Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today, my man? Good. How is the beardless one on this fine Saturday afternoon? Uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. I, I think the good part right now that I've got going for me is that the stubble is growing in pretty impressively, a lot faster than I thought it was. So That's we're good. not we're not just rocking the stash. We've kind of got the stash and the five o'clock shadow look going on right now, which doesn't <laughs> hurt. But the question then becomes. How long am I going to keep just the stash? Should I keep it on until the beard grows back completely? Should I shave it off so everything grows in evenly? Like, what do you think the verdict is there? Mm. So, like, would you shave it off right now? Like, on the show? No, 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 no. I mean, like, would you, would you, that'd be something. Yeah, right? No Bucks news this week, but some, some grooming from Rhett. That's great. Um, no, like, like tomorrow basically or it would it be like you're trimming it you're shaving it in like two weeks because i feel like there's a difference right i I mean it's grown quite a bit since i initially shaved like my complaint with it when i first had it was that the mustache was too short and it didn't cover the edges of my mouth so it looked ridiculous um but now it's kind of grown out everything's coming in naturally but i i don't know i don't know if i decided to shave it i would probably just shave it tomorrow but i mean i would I would probably just keep it and trim it. At this point, I'm locked in the house, man. I've got nothing to do, so I might as well just keep it and see how long we can get this bad boy going, right? Yeah, exactly. Wade Boggs. That's the plan. So enough about this thing on my face. We have got an action-packed show for you guys today. A little bit of Bucks news that came out this week. We're going to cover all of that. First off, let's jump right into things with our starting quarterback, just in case you forgot Tom Brady. I still cannot believe it every now and again. I have to pinch myself because Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Bucs. But Tom Tom Brady was on Howard Stern's show this week, and if you know anything about Howard Stern, he is the GOAT of broadcasting. I mean, he is the shock jock that started it all. He is the guy, the pioneer that made radio what it is in a sense, and definitely made radio what it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. So he is an enigma in himself. But Tom Brady has never been on Stern. He jumped on Stern this week for a two-plus-hour interview. And I'll tell you what this interview did, not only for Tom Brady, but for Stern. It just cemented that Howard Stern is probably the greatest interviewer of all time. Because this is one of those interviews where everybody wants to get a little bit more out of Tom Brady. But I think Howard Stern did a great job of getting the most out of Brady. Did you hear a lot of what was talked about on the show? 
Uh, I did not watch the full interview. Um, but it was two I, I hours. Heard, I don't blame you. <laughs> I heard uh, I, I heard a few few tidbits from it and uh, saw a few tweets. So yeah, he, he talked about one of my favorite things he talked about was living in Derek Jeter's house. First off, he needs to bump the Wi-Fi plan because they had Brady on the show at the beginning through a Zoom meeting. They had his face cam all set up just like we do here on the show, and then his internet kept cutting out. They just were losing him, so they had to call him on the phone. And um, first off, Derek Jeter definitely needs to bump up that Wi-Fi plan. I don't know why he's so cheap. Owns a baseball team in Miami but can't pay for the Wi-Fi in Tampa. Well, the baseball team sucks. Yeah. But another thing that uh, was brought up was people kind of knowing where he is in a sense and, and people just riding their boats right up to his back porch because if anyone knows anything about the Davis Island area, it's an island, yeah, and Derek Jeter's house is literally right there facing out on the water. So the boats coming through, whether they're by Tampa General Hospital or they're going from, you know, Bayshore, Channelside, wherever they come from, they can just hook right up to Brady's back porch and say, what's up? I don't know if he has the super high fences and gates that keeps people out they were talking about. But one of the concerns that he has is people invading his privacy in a sense. But um, I don't know. Tom seems to like Tampa enough to apply for two trademarks you saw both of these and and i have very very mixed feelings about them (laughs) the first one these are for merchandising use the first one is tampa brady which i can live with okay whatever tampa is tampa when you say tampa people know what you're talking about it doesn't matter if it's tampa bay just tampa people know what you're talking about so tampa brady i can accept the other one though it's blasphemy Tampa Bay? Are you shitting me? Tampa? You can't Tampa. say Tampa and sound like a person who knows what they're talking about, right? Like yeah. I don't ah, I just I I can't stand it. We're going to see shirts. And it comes with the territory of having Tom Brady, I think, but we're going to see people walking around in shirts at Bucks games that say Tampa on them. And are you are you mentally ready for that? I'm definitely getting one. Ah. Oh. Did just to mess with you. Your TB12 shirt came in, though, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Well, actually, and there's a development on my uh, Tom Brady jersey. Okay. So, um, uh, so I, I have heard from a lot of people that um, you know the jerseys, due to the COVID-19 situation, which I hope you all are staying safe and healthy, um, practice social distancing, but I have heard that due to the situation, a lot of jerseys are... I mean, they're saying August, September, yeah. and even like when I first ordered my jersey, remember I told you, I was like, man, it said it's going to be here July. So I got an email yesterday that said my jersey had shipped, but it said expected to arrive by like July 28th. So like, it's okay. shipped. It's just flying around the country for a month. <laughs> I, I I told somebody I was like yeah well, it says July they're like yeah well they're probably just walking it to you I was like all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense um, some guy's gonna show then, up at your door who looks like Tom Hanks at the end of Forrest Gump <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but then um, you know I uh, I ended up uh, you know getting the the tracking number and I looked and apparently it is coming in a week from today. So my, I, the, my theory 
is that if you were pre-ordered a jersey before you knew what they looked like, I pre-ordered the jersey before I knew what they looked like. I had a pretty good idea what they're gonna look like anyway. Yeah. So I I cheated, but um, if you pre-ordered it before you know what they look like, I think you got the jersey like now. Like you were like, put on the list before everybody else who waited around. It's almost like it's almost like yeah, it's almost like reserving a spot. So like I know a lot of people that when like. And it's understandable why you'd want to wait to see what it looks like before you purchase one. But I took the risk, and I think in this case the risk really paid off. So got my red Tom Brady jersey coming. Maybe I'll wear it for the show that's uh, going to be the last one before the draft. So since it's coming in next Saturday, maybe I'll wear it for that week's show. Oh, maybe you should wear it for the draft if we figure out something we're going to do for that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe you should wear it for every single episode. I don't know. That's just what I would do if yeah, I had I just, a red bucket or Tom just wear, Brady wear, jersey. Wear it every day. You know, yeah, just wear it every day. Exactly. Sleep in the damn thing. Now, <laughs> going back to what I brought up, Brady was on Howard Stern this week, and the reason I brought this up is one of the biggest points I wanted to take out of this interview is something that people have been wondering about for a very long time, and I'm sure it's a question that is going to follow Tom for the rest of his career, possibly for the rest of his life, even after retirement, but. The consensus on him leaving New England, because it seems like that's the million-dollar question. What drove him out of New England? You've heard some people say that it was Belichick in particular. You've heard people say that it was Robert Kraft, which I don't think was the case whatsoever. Um, You heard people say that Brady just wanted to prove himself somewhere else. And after the Howard Stern interview and everything else that people have been talking about, it seems like it was just time for him to leave New England. He said in the interview... That at the beginning of last season, he knew it was his last year there. So I think for Tom, it was more of a change of scenery more than anything. And there's a report that came out of NFL Network this week that kind of backs this up. NFL Network reports that it was strictly Tom Brady's choice to leave the Pats. And that New England even offered to match Tampa Bay's two-year offer. And Brady chose the Bucks instead. I don't know how much legs that, uh, that report has. You know, we kind of talked about it before the show. Haven't seen it a whole lot everywhere else. But I did find it from a pretty verified Twitter source this week. And um, I'm, I'm kind of rolling with it. But I think that's the consensus. Would you agree? Yeah, probably. I mean, it sure does seem like the more and more it's coming out, like, seems like New England definitely wanted him back. That's yeah. not that's not like a, a, a thing that's up for debate but were they willing to bend over backwards and give him everything he wanted in a contract well i think it was more than that i think you know remember pre-free agency when we were talking we were talking about the possibility of tom brady joining the buccaneers and i said you know this isn't going to come down to to tom i mean to tom's like financial situation i should say not going to really come down to the biggest dollar offer right this is going to come down to who is the best roster? Who is who? Who does he think has the best chance to win? And right now, believe it or not, he believes that the Buccaneers have a better shot to win than the Patriots. And I, I don't think we would ever imagine us saying that, uh, but it's true. Uh, it's clearly that you know the Patriots won him back, and he chose Tampa Bay. Uh, the Chargers wanted him; he chose Tampa Bay. Um, you know, there there was there's a few other teams that had some interest in him, but you know, overall it just didn't work out the way Tampa Bay did. So, um, I, I think you know, it's definitely um, a, a a testament to 
what Jason Light has built, and I know he's received a ton of criticism, and he's even acknowledged that criticism in a press conference this week. He yeah. acknowledged it. Um, you know, but said, you know, hey, must be doing like Luke Easterling was the one to ask the question. Kudos to Luke. Um, you know, he basically said that, you know, you've basically built a, a roster that was good enough for Tom Brady to want to come play for it. And he's right. Um, so I think, yeah, it wasn't really about the money. I think it was just about, like you said, the change of scenery, something, a new challenge. That, that really sticks out to me with Tom Brady. He really seems to be eager to have a new challenge. This is something brand new. I feel like he was almost getting bored in New England. Right. Um, I feel like it just it wasn't interesting to him anymore, and he wants a new challenge and a chance to really cement his legacy as the greatest ever. Joe Montana, Joe Montana went from the 49ers to the Chiefs, and yet he had some success there, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right. If if Tom Brady comes to the page goes to the Patriots and comes to the Bucks and wins the Super Bowl, there's no denying that he's the greatest quarterback ever. Do I think that's gonna happen? I don't know. There's there's still so much I can have him. But um at the end of the day I think it was definitely just Tom's decision. Like at the end of the day it's where he wanted to be and um that wasn't New England. Yeah. I agree with you one hundred percent. And that scenario that you brought up for Tom, you know, to prove to himself he said on he said on uh, Howard Stern show he doesn't give a shit about legacy he doesn't care about proving things to other people, but he wants you know to... you know he does yeah but it, it, ah, the dude ah. the dude was taken the dude was taken at pick one ninety nine and can name every single quarterback that was taken in front of him that dude has some of the, one of the biggest chips on his shoulder oh yeah oh yeah but I think in the grand scheme of legacy you know what he's leaving behind he even said. He said, I didn't start my football career and say, man, I can't wait to look back in 20 years and see all the things that I've accomplished. He's taken it day by day, and he's still doing that now. So for him to come to Tampa hungry for a challenge is something that everybody is very excited to wait and see happen. And uh, we'll update you guys more as we know. Of course, we have to see the season play out first. But moving from one polarizing quarterback to another. Can I say one more thing about the Tom Brady thing? Yeah, go ahead. So when you said about he's scared of like fans trespassing just reminded me of that one scene in ted 2 where yeah. mark Wahlberg and ted go to tom brady's house uh we're here like to that. fix your ac unit it's making a funny noise your wife called us out to fix it yeah yeah it's right about all right thanks and they go holy cow can i <laughs> can i just great. get can i get your signature to sign off on this for me please can you <laughs> can you put that out to ted and uh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then and then when they're you know when when they're when they're in his bedroom, you you have a poster of this guy in the room. Don't tell me you haven't thought about doing this. Of course <laughs> I have, but I want to make sure he knows he likes it. <laughs> I love. that, I just feel man. like that's like all like Bucks fans that are just gonna ride up on his house on a boat and like oh, just absolutely. Sneak Our buddy Shooter in the Stash posted that clip from the uh, from the movie on his Facebook the other day, and that was exactly the caption: "Was Bucks fans in Tampa now that they know where Brady lives." <laughs> So, jumping from one polarizing quarterback to another, this brings us to an email from a listener. So, no voicemails this week. Some of you might be happy, some of you might not. But, we always encourage you to get in touch with the show, and a way you can do it is by calling the Cannon Fire Hotline, 813-433-0323, or you can send us an email at cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com, and that's exactly what this one listener just did. So, let's jump into it. The subject line is kudos to Jameis, question mark. Also waiting for my jersey. Hey CFP, this is Kendall out of Orinda, California, and I've been a Bucks fan since 1998, living in New Jersey and now California. My email is two parts. 
First, I'm wondering if you saw the article that Jameis did where he said, for you to get replaced by Tom Brady in a city that you love so much, I guess that's kudos to me. Personally, I think this is a really dumb statement because most quarterbacks with his lack of performance should have been replaced in that situation. I feel like he's saying if it wasn't Brady to replace him that he'd still have a job, but we all heard that Teddy Bridgewater was also on the Bucks' radar. My second comment is on my new pewter Brady jersey that I ordered yesterday. My email confirmation is saying it won't be shipped until September, but all over social media, reporters and media who aren't even Bucks fans themselves are posting in their new jerseys, and I think it's quite unfair. What do you guys think about both my comments? Thank you so much, Kendall. First off, thank you for your email, my man. We appreciate you. And listening out of California, we brought it up quite a bit, but thank you to all of our fans out in California. We've got a big bump in listeners over there recently, and it's been pretty cool having some West Coast Bucks fans in the house. Let's dive into this email. The first thing that he brought up was Jameis Winston's recent appearance on CNN. He was promoting this COVID-19 hotline that he has put together with one of his friends, and they were on there talking about that. I don't know how. I don't know how they got away with it. <laughs> but the, oh, uh, they paid him into that. Oh, they, my God. They it, knew it, exactly what they wanted to do. It was very, very shameless in the way that it was done. But the reporter on CNN had asked Jameis, he said, you know, you're coming out of Tampa Bay, and they just replaced you with a guy named Tom Brady. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And James, Yeah, pretty, pretty hardball question right out of the gate, by the way. But Jameis was as professional as he could have been, as he is always. He is a class act. But he had said, you know, for them to replace me with a guy like Tom Brady, I guess that's kudos to me. And a lot of people are taking this a lot of different ways. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what else they would expect him to say. I I mean, I know he was baited into giving an answer that was, you know, a little more juicy than what he gave. But for him to come away and only say, I guess that's kudos to me, in a sense, it has to be. Because we talked about way at the beginning, too. You remember before all of this free agency even started, there was a tweet by our buddy Mark Cook at Pewter Report that we talked about on the show, and we pretty much empathized with since day one. And the tweet was, it's either going to be Winston or Brady. And what happened, Teddy Bridgewater was kind of thrown into the mix, but he signed with Carolina, so it took him out of the equation. But... Those were the three big names that you heard. Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jameis Winston. Tom Brady and then Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater in no particular order. Because I've heard contrasting reports of, well, it was Bridgewater on top of Jameis. Uh, Bridgewater was on top. Do we know that for 100% fact? I mean, Bruce Arians went on to Rich Eisen, so instead of... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> I think enough. that's a pretty good source. Yeah, you're not wrong. But... People are taking what Jameis has said just a lot of different ways. What do you make of his comments on CNN? Well, I, you know, like you said, what do you expect him to say? Uh, do you expect him to go out there and say, oh, good luck with that. You know, screw yeah. those guys. <laughs> um, he, it's not going to happen. No NFL player is going to really say that, um, it, it, especially in that situation. You're on CNN promoting a, you know, a, a hotline for a, a pandemic. And a great thing that he's doing, by the way, that is totally fantastic. overshadowed. You know everything else. Yeah, yeah. The, the the quote that he said about football, people were taken away from it. But you know, it's yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, fantastic thing he's doing. You know, he's not going to go out there and be ruthless all of a sudden to you know to the reporter or you know get angry. He, that's just not the way he is. Yeah. 
So his response was fine, I guess, and kudos to him. Tom Brady is considered the greatest quarterback of all time. So Jameis Winston was the last Buccaneers quarterback. Jameis Winston is technically being replaced by Tom Brady. That's humbling for anybody. That's very nice. Yeah. Right. If you if you if you're gonna tell me, you know, if you're gonna replace me on this show and you're gonna replace me with Chris Fisher, I'm gonna be all right with it. You know. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon, but well, I would say, be all right with it. But let's say the Bucks let Winston walk in free agency, and in comes a guy like Nick Foles. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that's the the reason I had a problem with Philip Rivers and not a problem with Tom Brady. Right. Philip Rivers. I don't think Philip Rivers is better than Winston right now. I think Tom Brady is better than Jameis Winston. So there's a difference. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, it's up for debate on whether he's not whether he's better than Winston or not. They are com- two completely different players. Yeah. Like, Brady pushes the ball downfield more than Bridgewater does. Not as much as Winston, but more than Bridgewater. So Winston and Bridgewater, you were talking about two just completely different guys. And, yeah, Bruce Arians did say that, you know, Bridgewater was the second choice, but you know he did sign with Carolina on that Tuesday, and who knows where things were at with Tom Brady. I think the Bucks felt confident enough to be able to let Bridgewater um, go to Carolina. I do believe that you know maybe once Bridgewater got the offer from Carolina, his agent contacted the Bucks and said, "Look, like we know you're interested here." Right now, uh, do you think? And I mean, this is a very minute detail, so in the grand scheme of things, it does not matter. But do you think Teddy Bridgewater signing with Carolina happened before or after the phone call that they had with Tom Brady? Because we've heard about the phone call that they had. The important phone call, yeah. Right, and it was basically Brady telling them, hey, this is why I'd love to come play for Tampa. Everything works great. So with that being said, you know, if that phone call happens beforehand and then they get a call from Teddy's agent that is like, hey, they're fine with it. They're totally good with it because they know they got Brady in the bag. Do you think that happened before or after the signing? I want to say, man, because it really didn't seem like, you know, other than a few people saying that there was interest between the Bucks and Bridgewater, it didn't seem like the Bucks were fighting very hard to keep Bridgewater available. Like we never heard a whole lot about negotiations between the two, any conversations between Bridgewater's camp and the Bucks. So it it just kind of leads me to believe that once they had a lead on Brady, they were on it, and they knew that that was the end goal at that point, right? Yeah, and I think they pretty much I, – I think it happened – I think the Bridgewater thing happened before the call of Tom Brady. But I still think that once once Tom Brady – so Tom Brady announced that he was leaving New England on Tuesday, right? Yeah. So Bridgewater signed on Tuesday, but Brady announced he was leaving New England before Bridgewater signed. So the expectation within the Buccaneers organization was, look, he's just going to go back to New England. When he said goodbye, that's when their confidence really shot up. So maybe they thought, hey, we got a great shot at this guy. He's our number one target. You know, hey, Bridgewater, thanks, but, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. You can go sign that deal. And they were fine with Winston as a fallback option. Right. If, if Brady, you know, if something happened. So um, Bruce Arians actually was just discussing recently with Jay Glazer. You know, they had that phone call, and Bruce Arians was still nervous. You know, he was basically saying, just don't, don't. He was saying to himself, you know, don't screw it up, and um, you know they were they were confident, but they were anxiously confident. So um, I, I think you know it doesn't really matter at this point. But um, back to Winston's quote, I mean, what do you expect him to say? He's 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 not that type of guy. So yeah, 
Now it, it's it's fine. Let's kind of take this and segue. We're still going to get to the second part of this email, don't you worry. But let's take this segue out to something else that happened in uh, the Winston camp this week, and it has to do with David Carr on Twitter. My uh. God Almighty, can this guy? This guy is in Jameis Winston. Can he ever just post a video of himself working out, busting his ass to get hired by another team without somebody shitting on him for it? Like, Well, it's kind of a weird workout. But. It is a weird workout, but at the end of the day, it seemed very uncalled for, especially from a guy like David Carr. So if you guys are unfamiliar with what happened, there was a workout posted of Jameis Winston. He had the ball in his hands. He's practicing pocket presence, awareness, whatever the hell this workout helps him with. And he has this big, like, 50-pound bag being swung at his head, right? And he's got to duck out of the way, and then he has to anticipate the bag coming from behind him so he can move out of the way again. So it's kind of a dangerous drill. I'm not sure what it helps with other than pocket awareness. I'm sure there's somebody out there who can answer that for me. I have dodging knives being thrown at your head. I don't know. But David Carr posted this video on Twitter and he's like, stop having, stop paying your friends to work out with you. Um, you are an NFL football player. You have more resources to your ability. Uh, this isn't working. This isn't helping you in any way. And Jameis responded to it. Jameis never responds to that stuff. I think the only other thing that I've seen him ever respond to was a comment on his Instagram. Someone said, are you going to throw 30 interceptions again next year? And he said, definitely not, bro. Ha, ha, ha. But... He responded, and he told David Carr, he said, I appreciate you, I've got nothing but love for you, but you can either offer advice to help, or you can mind your own business. I've been with my trainer since I was 14, we've built this thing up from the bottom, and we're going to keep doing a good job. And then he included a clip of, basically just in this scenario, what this drill would be helpful for. It was a game against New Orleans where he had to break out of the pocket and scramble to the left. And I don't know if it was maybe Cam Jordan, but somebody basically just was about to hit him from the back of the head and try and get the sack. He dodges out of the way, runs out of the pocket. Textbook Jameis Winston, right? At the end of the tweet, he says, treat others the way you want to be treated. So again, a class act response from Jameis, but you got to believe he's getting fed up with this stuff, right? I mean, yeah. Um, I was actually surprised he responded, to be honest with you. Me too. Me too. I think a lot of people were. It was something out of character for him, but for him to kind of, you know, wrangle it in and put it in a way that sounds like it would come from him, just good for him, I guess. You know, a lot yep. of people might not like Jameis Winston who listen to this show. I've said it before. I like the guy. I'm rooting for him. And until he gets another job, quite frankly, there's no other football to talk about, so we're probably going to mention him once or twice here on the show, especially since this email was asking about him. But let's move on to the second part of this email. That's enough about Jameis Winston for today. The second part of this email is something a lot of people are up in arms about right now, and I can totally understand why. I'm not one of the people who bought a jersey yet. But more and more people are coming out saying that the jersey they ordered is not going to be here until September. Now, football season starts in September. Mid-September, you're two games into the season. So you might as well have a better chance buying one at a preseason game at the stadium than you would ordering one right now three months ahead. But that's where people are. And in the same breath, there are people who are not Bucks fans. There are people who have crapped all over this team in the past 
opening up their fresh new boxes to get their Tom Brady jerseys. I looked at NFL Network the other morning, and it was literally a panel of three guys in Bucks jerseys just sitting there. I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again, the Buccaneers is America's new favorite team. But what's going on with all of these people getting jerseys who, I don't want to say shouldn't be getting jerseys, but you can totally understand why the season ticket holders and the people who paid for their jerseys are not getting them, as opposed to some guy who said that the Buccaneers were a garbage franchise six months ago. What's the deal there, man? Well, you know, everything I've seen. So let's look at who have gotten these jerseys, right? So a lot of local reporters, Tampa reporters, have gotten the jerseys. I think a lot of fans wouldn't argue that. Right. Right? That's fine. All the popular folks. That's why okay. you're getting your jersey this week is because you're the number one Bucks Instagram page. I'm convinced that's what it is. They just think you're important enough to be on that list, and they threw you on there. <laughs> All you need sense. now is the certified check mark, and then boom, you'll be getting the like three uh, jerseys. <laughs> I wish. Um, so another jersey that I saw was sent was Vince Carter, NBA future Hall of Famer. Totally deserving. Vince Sanity. Big, Buck, big Bucks fan. Okay. Then some other people I saw were the GMFB crew, Good Morning Football, yep. who, if you guys have been you know, watching them, they love the Bucks, mm-hmm. right? They really do. Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Nate Burleson, Kay Adams. Nate Burleson, not really as much, but I don't know if Burleson even got a jersey. Yeah, but um, Nate Burleson last year, if I remember correctly, after the Rams game, he was the one who was like, hey, let's give some attention to Jameis Winston. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, they're they are big fans of the Buccaneers. They they really are. They they like the Bucks. They 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 really they're. I would consider them Bucks fans, pretty much. Um, I know, obviously, they're not officially, but I mean, I, I'm just, I just looked. There's a clip from Good Morning Football yesterday. Peter Schrager doesn't have his Bucks jersey on, but right in the back is his Tom Brady jersey, and it's yeah. visible. It's very clear. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. So what? You know, you realize the the big thing with me is so there's multiple celebrities that are getting these jerseys. Every player has gotten a jersey. Yes. So what do you think that equals? Probably 70 jerseys sent out, probably close. Uh, 80 jerseys. Let's just say just to be safe. Let's say 100 jerseys. Round it up. We'll call it where it is right there. Okay. How many jersey sales do you think the Bucks have had in the past five days? Oh, yeah. And that was something that's, I was going to bring. The, that's the difference. And that was okay. something I was going to bring up earlier. We kind of have to think about this. I think the only reason that people are putting in orders in mid-April and it says they're not going to be there until September is just because of everything going on in the world right now. Uh, ex- absolutely. You it, it, have would be, to it would be believe. probably like May or, or June that you'd normally get it. But now it just – and you know what? A lot of those companies, it'll arrive sooner than that. Yeah. It will. Oh, yeah. That's what Amazon uh, the, does. They'll tell you they, something's going to be there me, in three weeks, and it gets there in two. They told me, like, when I pre-ordered the jersey, they said, look, this ain't going to be here until July. I said, all right. <laughs> My thing's coming next week. Hopefully. So, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I hope so. What if, it, what if it doesn't? And then you're just another statistic of people waiting on their jersey until football well, season starts, right? Then blame FedEx because their estimated delivery thing's awful. <laughs> um but yeah, it's just it's the difference. There are a hundred people getting jerseys that are celebrities or whatever, um, versus a hundred thousand people. You know, there's just there's it's much easier. I understand to say, oh, the fans. You know, there's a lot of season ticket holders. Well, so what? They're supposed to send out two thousand jerseys to season ticket holders. 
Like, no, like, no, they, they just, they can't do that right now. And with, um, it, with Brady and Buccaneer jerseys right now, by the way, number one. one selling jersey in the world right now. Yep, and you have to believe the hundreds of thousands, probably close to millions of people who have bought this jersey. How many people do you think they have working in the Fanatics warehouse right now? Yeah, probably, I mean... Probably uh, a quarter safe, of the staff uh, they do on a good day, right? Just, uh, yeah, probably a safe amount, yeah. yeah. Like, they still want to follow guidelines. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're working around the clock to make sure that, you know, everything's printed. And, um, you know, obviously the Buccaneers and Fanatics, they knew this was coming. They knew that when the jerseys got released and Tom Brady's a part of the team, that it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and we're just with today's world. But another reason why I don't really have a big deal with celebrities getting them is it's a good promotion. Like, oh, yeah. that's good. Like, if you have the people on Good Morning Football wearing their jerseys, somebody sees it, oh, that looks nice. Let me order one. You know, yeah. Vince Carter opening up a jersey, a personalized jersey for him. Oh, that's nice. Let me open one. You know, uh, that's that, – it's fine. It's it's easy promotion. It's it's no big deal. Like, and- it's – it's really not. I understand the frustration because a lot of fans are like September. Like, yeah, I understand, but the bright side is, I think it's going to be here before September. And just, I mean, a lot of the people I've been seeing, I don't know who else that has had a Bucks jersey that's like openly bashed the Bucks. Um, but a lot of people I have seen, like, I would consider like, okay, it's fine, it's cool. Now, one more thing about the, you know people of priority getting their jerseys, and then we can go ahead and move on. we got some other stuff to talk about. But the big reason that we've seen coming from NFL shop officials and a lot of the big reasons people are getting that this is happening is because these were jerseys that were already planned to be sent out on a selected date. So two months ahead of time or a month ahead of time when Nike is making these uniforms that nobody has seen yet, I'm sure they're compiling a list to say, all right, we're going to make sure every Bucks player gets one. We're going to make sure this guy gets one. This guy gets one. And as soon as the jerseys are revealed, that's probably when they're sent out. At least to me, that seems like the most believable possibility. So it's all up in the air right now. But folks, don't lose your minds over it. Let's just make sure we get past yep. this epidemic we are currently in. And uh, we are in good enough shape to have some football this fall. Still looks like college football is happening as planned. It seems like that's Hopefully. the... Yeah, it's a very oh, strong I mean, did conviction. You see, did you see that doctor from California? Yeah, yeah, he said that Thanksgiving. Said that, yeah, well, said that they'd be lucky to have it by Thanksgiving. I like, don't, thanks, I don't Thanksgiving buy it. Is the best I, case scenario. I, I don't, don't buy, buy that just yet. I don't, I don't buy Dude, all I need is baseball back right now. Just give me baseball but um, and playoff hockey. But um, I would say playoff basketball, but the Sixers, they're, they're depressing. Oh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Playoffs yeah, for the NBA I, I was supposed to start what yesterday? What? Playoffs for the NBA? Uh, yeah, it might have been yesterday. So, uh, based on like flyers, like game schedule wise, their first game would have been against the Penguins on Wednesday, and then their second game two would have been last night mm. if if the playoffs would have started. So, uh, oh, game man. game three would have been tomorrow, and we're stuck doing nothing. So I think the Lightning were paired up with Toronto in that first round, so they are what on game two or three of Toronto. Yeah, Lightning would kill Toronto anyway. Whatever. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think a lot of people are jumping the gun. Like Thanksgiving, that's late November. If right. if if they if we as a country don't have this thing solved as late November, there's bigger problems. Absolutely. Now. 
that's all we have to say about this whole coronavirus madness. Hopefully you guys get your jerseys soon, and if you do, make sure you reach out to the show. You can send us an email, canifierpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a picture. Yeah, send us a picture of you and your jersey, and we'll give you a shout-out, not only on the show, but all of our social media. You can follow us there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Cannon Fire Podcast. <sighs> Thank you for your email, Kendall. Let's move on. Now, one of the things that we had talked about with the arrival of Tom Brady in Tampa, we touched on it a little bit and didn't see a whole lot to follow up simply because the way the world had stopped for a little bit, but it was the star power that wanted to follow Brady to Tampa. Now, the term in this sense is called ring chasing, but I'll tell you what, I don't give a damn. Everybody in Tampa's chasing a ring right now, so come on down. If you think you can help us, I'd love to have you. But a big name of the conversation that came out this week came in the form of an interview on the Pat McAfee show. That's linebacker for the Rams, former linebacker for the Rams, Clay Matthews, has expressed interest in coming to Tampa and playing with Tom Brady in pursuit of a ring. What do you think, man? I know Clay Matthews is a name that you really like. You brought him up here on the show before. You think the possibility's brewing up? You think we could see Clay Matthews in a Bucks uniform this season? I think it's possible. Um, not saying it's likely, but another thing I wanted to point out is that, <coughs> excuse me, um, he, so I listened to the interview, I listened to the full thing, and I think that the quote is sort of being taken a little to the extreme, uh, because he didn't come out and say he's interested in playing for Tampa Bay. Basically, Pat McAfee had asked him, he's like, you know, ring chasing, you know, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, and Clay Matthews basically goes, yeah, that would be pretty cool to be able to play with Tom, you know, that, that'd be pretty neat. He said, I don't know what's going to happen, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, he said, I, he said, I don't know if there's any interest there, um, on their end, but yeah, th th that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And then he's just, yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see. And, and that's all it pretty much was. Um, so I, I mean, I wouldn't say that's flat out like he's interested. I hope he is because I hope they are too. Because like you said, um, I forget when it was, but I know I had, I have the tweets from December where I was tweeting about the Bucks should trade for Clay Matthews, and now you don't even have to trade for him. So He was very productive last year in a similar style of defense, so you have to believe for him to be a rotational guy, to come down yep. here and relieve JPP, Shaq Barrett, that's just another guy you got to worry about double teaming. Yeah, because, I mean, you lose Carl Nassib, and you have Anthony Nelson there, but, I mean, Anthony Nelson, Shaq Barrett, JPP are like your really like outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's just not a ton of depth there, and I think Clay Matthews can provide two things. Good depth, right? Like you said, Jack Barrett, JVP, they're going to need a break every now and then. And also, what he can provide is good veteran leadership. I think that you know Anthony Nelson has a, has a solid future, but I think he could definitely use, I mean, he missed a lot of time last year, which hurt him. So I think he could definitely use, you know, to be eased into it again. And what, I mean, what better mentor than a guy, you know, like Clay Matthews, this Clay, this is not the Clay Matthews from 2011. All right. This is not that guy, but I still think, you know, you can't convince me that one year, four and a half million dollars, one year, $5 million deal that he can't come off, you know, the bench and, get four to five sacks for you in a season well like, this is i can't. mean you know you said this is the clay matthew that isn't the 2011 version this is still a guy who got eight sacks last year yeah i know but i mean he was a little more I, featured I just, yeah yeah i i just think it's it's gonna catch up to him eventually and he was he played more of more snaps on the rams than he would on the Bucks. so yeah um 
That's why I think, you know, four to five sacks is fair. That's Carl Nassib, I believe, had six or six and a half sacks last year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, can't count on Shaq Barrett getting 19 and a half again or whatever. Can't count on that. So let's say Barrett gets 14 and a half, right? That's minus five. Let, let's subtract Nassib six. That's 11 sacks they got to replace. That's 11 sacks that you're not going to have. Those That's big, right? Um, so, I mean, is Anthony Nelson going to get six sacks? I don't think so. Is JVP going to get more than, you know, he might get close to like 10. I think he had eight last year. He might get like 10 or 11 playing a full he season. He had eight last year coming off of a broken freaking neck in half of a season. I, I, I understand that. I'm just saying that, you know, it's, I think 10, 11 is probably the max for him. Um, I think, you know, adding, they need to add somebody. I, I really, you know, this is starting to be a concern of mine. Uh, as the offseason shaping out, because you cannot expect Shaq Barrett to have 19 and a half sacks again. You just can't do it. Right. Teams are uh, going to have a lot more preparation on this guy. People know coming into yep. it now, especially this season, that Shaq Barrett is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Every single team from week one through 17 is going to game plan for it. And, and they, they weren't able full, to do that last year. They have a full season of film. Yep. And they'll even probably look back at some of his Denver stuff, too, if they don't like what they see enough with Tampa Bay. Um, so yeah, you know, I, you need to replace that and Vita Vea in the middle, he's not going to get you much pass rush. He's a really good player, but he's not going to, you know, I, you can admit he's not a pass rusher. Nadal can sue a solid player, but not a pass rusher. So, you know, besides JPP and Shaq Barrett, where's this pass rush coming from? Can you really rely on Anthony Nelson? I think the answer is no. And I think that's why adding a guy like Clay Matthews would work pretty well i think you know for the right price of course i'm not paying that dude seven eight million dollars but right i just don't think the right the price, and especially a ring chasing like uh, the definition of a ring chaser is a veteran that is going to take a lot less money to go play and try to win a championship yep and even he admitted himself much tougher to ring chase per se in the nfl because there's 22 players you know, you can ring chase in the NBA with LeBron James going to the Heat and, you know, Ray Allen joining them and stuff like that. That's easy, right? There's, what, 13 players, 12 players on a basketball team, right? There's, no, five, the NFL... on the, there's five on the court at one time. It's easier to ring chase in the NBA than it is in the NFL because there's everybody has to be working well. And everything has to fall into place from the schedule, from just the situation you're in. There's so yep. many different factors you're dealing you can have with. A ter- you can have a terrific game. If your kicker misses four kicks, you lose. Exactly. We've <laughs> seen it happen plenty of times here in Tampa Bay. You're dealing with a fraction of the season than you are in any other league. So there are a lot of factors, and I think you are right. I think there is one or two more pieces that – need to be had on this defense let me ask you one more opinion on a potential free agent guy flowing around that's tony jefferson you think that's heating up i don't know if it's heating up um i think there might be some interest there i think the bucks want to wait and see what exactly happens with the draft tough thing with jefferson is this this lack of being able to get a physical done um coming off of that uh torn acl i believe and yeah, or torn achilles and you need a physical, man. So that's really going to hurt him. And, you know, we'll see. I think he'd be a great addition. I think you add Clay Matthews and Tony Jefferson to this defense um, and then, you know, draft draft offense heavy. I think this team would be ready to, to, ready to roll. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Just got to wait and see what happens. As you said, you brought up the draft. So let's jump into some draft topics we have before we wrap up the show and get out of here. 
First off, we got to figure this out. This isn't a potential buck, but this is a huge storyline for the draft, and I just wanted to mention it because I'm sure there are some people who are curious. What's going on with Tua right now? Doctors are saying that he'll be healthy enough for training camp once that starts. You saw his pro day footage was posted up everywhere because team or uh, players have to submit their pro day footage to teams now just because of everything that's going on. So people are saying he's healthy enough to play for training camp. But there's also rumors floating around that he has failed at least one physical due to injury. So then your questions then become, is Tua a guy who can stay healthy? Because that concern is always there, especially coming off of an injury when you know you didn't play any of that season and then you decide to declare for the draft. It's a weird situation. Slippery slope with the injury. But do you think he can fall? And if he falls in the draft, how far do you think he goes? Look, there's so much stuff going on right now and the, the lack of being able to be in the buildings, you know, the teams. It's it's making rumors go wild. And you know, the rumor that Michael Lombardi put out is he had failed one or two physicals. And that is huge, if true. However, you know, I said rumors go wild because there's something here. And according to an NFC scout, Teams were blown away by Tua's Pro Day, and there will be multiple teams making phone calls to the Redskins, Lions, and Giants looking to move up for the former Alabama quarterback. Bet you the, the Dolphins scout, are number one on that list. The scout said there is no shot he falls to Miami at five. The Chargers and Dolphins have been most linked to Tua, but expect the Raiders, Jaguars, and a few others to do their due diligence. So, you know, which one do you believe? Because there's one that says, you know, he pay, he failed that team's physical and that he's going to drop so far. And then there's another one that says, you know, this guy's going top three. Wh which one is it, right? Obviously, we're going to find out here shortly. But, um, yeah, it is it is a concern. Injuries are a concern. But this guy's talented. I, I would not – I would take him. I would. Um, I think he's – I'm going to bet on the upside more, you know. No risk it, no biscuit, right? Um I would bet on his upside more than, you know, hopefully, you know, those injuries, especially the last one, that's just a bad place to be. I mean, yeah, it's it a horrible rough. injury, but, um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But, I mean, you got one report saying that, you know, he's going to drop past 15. You got another report saying he's not even going to get out of the top five. So we'll see what happens. I still think it's either the Dolphins or Chargers for him. I don't think anybody moves up for him and i think he either like i said five to miami or number six to la i think miami is definitely taking either herbert or tua and i think the chargers take whoever the dolphins don't so as of right now it seems like we can just chalk it all up to rumor talk as we did with everything free agency this time a month ago right rumors this is are running wild it's it's less than two weeks before the draft man this is gonna be the this is the time when teams are trying to set out their final smoke screens you know, you think a team, one, the one team that leaked that he failed their physical, maybe that's like the Raiders, hoping he falls to 12. Or even know? like Miami, you know, in a case that he falls to five, because there's a lot of people who don't believe it can happen, but for yeah, them, I have now, to believe he's number one. And now the, the NFC scout said there's no shot he falls to Miami at nine. Well, all, uh, falls to Miami at nine, at five. Well, all three teams that... You know, apparently multiple teams are going to be making phone calls to are off in the NFC. Hmm, maybe one of those teams leaked it to try and get trade interest. 
Right. Who knows, man? It definitely is a crazy time. So right now, just hurry up and wait is the consensus. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. As we know, the draft in a little bit over two weeks, that'll be a lot of fun. It'll definitely be an interesting situation. Yeah, it'll be intriguing. Yeah, I was, interesting was the word I was going to use. That'll be uh, something else. Yeah. So let's It'll get basically a- be like how we do the show. Yeah, right? Always a big gamble. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into some draft news that the Buccaneers fans actually care about because it would be nice to get Tua, but with all of these rumors flying around, there is no guarantee whatsoever that he's going to be there at 14. And I seriously doubt that let he me, is. Let me ask you, would you pick Tua? If, let's say, let's say all this scenario, all four off of the tackles are off the board, Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw are gone. Tua's there. What are the other defensive linemen I have a choice from? I'm assuming like a guy like Kalevon Chason's gone. Kalevon, Kalevon Chason, Josh Jones are the only other options. Kalevon Chason, Josh Jones. I'm not picking Josh Jones in the first round. No, in the first round. Oh boy. What? We are gonna have to have a chat. Oh man. All right. So if I have a choice between Kalevon Chason, Josh Jones, and Tua, and Tua. I'm picking Tua. Uh, yeah, that's Tua. your no-risk-it-no-biscuit mentality. I'm looking at a team that needs one more piece on the defensive line. Maybe it's an edge rusher and Caleb on chase on. I would take him in that situation. Sign, did draft Tua, sign Matthews and Jefferson. You're done. I think Tua is definitely an interesting possibility if he's there. It would be hard for me not to take him, especially because it is Tua. But it's just, as you said before, you're leaning on that upside. You're hoping yep. that he can be the guy he seems like he can be. And with an injury like that, man, a first-round pick is a big investment. And yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I just, to take a guy in the first round, even if it is Tua, to have him sit on the bench for a year or two, it just doesn't feel like it would be worth it. Or at least it doesn't feel like it would get this team any closer to a Super Bowl faster. You kind of know yeah. what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, you're, you're right. You're, you're not wrong. Um let me ask you one more quarterback question here, Bucks related, before right. we get on to what they could potentially do with a 14th overall pick. Let's say, you know, all right, let's say you get a tackle, right? Let's say you get Chase on or whatever in the first round or a tackle in the first round. Yeah. What happens if Jordan Love's there at 45? What do you do? You take Jordan Love. Okay. Yeah, I'll take Jordan Love okay. in the second round. I don't mind okay. taking a quarterback at, at, at uh, 45. If there's a quarterback or a running back in the second round that they really feel like they want, like if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is there in the second round, I would not mind at all if they picked him up. I I don't want Jonathan Taylor in the first round, but I want Jonathan Taylor in the second round. Exactly. That's the same situation. I don't want a running back in the first round. Hell, for a long time, I didn't want a running back in the second round. I wanted them to wait to the third, but a lot of the guys that we had our eyes on just don't seem like they're going to be there in the third. You know? The more mock drafts come out, the more the guys' grades go up, people have time to sit down and watch the film, break down everything these guys bring to the table, draft stocks go up, and unfortunately that leaves you with a less, uh, I don't know, less to pick from in the third round when it comes to the running back position per se. But um, yep. no, I'd take a running back or a quarterback in the second round if it's the right guy. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's get into this last bit of draft rumor talk that the Bucks fans actually care about, and that has to do with the pick at 14. So, a lot of people believe that the Buccaneers are chasing an offensive tackle. I am one of them. I think that's number one on their list, is to get an offensive tackle, preferably a guy who can play on the right side of the line, 
Um, I think that's what they're going to be looking for. You've got your big four of offensive tackles. You've got Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, and Mekai Becton. Let's say 14 rolls around and none of those guys are there. Is there a growing possibility that the Buccaneers might be looking at, let's say, a defensive tackle or just something along that defensive line over an offensive tackle at 14? Like, let's say your options are Becton or, you know, Derek Brown. Mm. You have to believe they're going to go Brown, right? That's where it gets tough. Yeah, because you do. I do know that off of the tackle is their priority, but oh, man, hmm. that that's tough. Because a guy like Beckton, I feel like, is like the the one that like they would consider drafting a defensive tackle over. Right. Mm. I think anybody else on that list, because the way that things are falling in order now, is it seems like Beckton's going to be the last OT available. At least that's just my opinion. That's how I have them ranked. Okay. Um, mm, I'd probably pick. Mm, I'd probably pick Brown. Probably. That's tough. Yeah. That that's a double-edged sword right there. Because now you're pigeonholing yourself to having to take a tackle in the second round, pretty much. Yeah. Now. But whatever. Derek Brown's a really good talent. The fit isn't great, but he's a good talent. Now, let's say for, you know, and let's just throw this out there for the people who aren't as educated. It's okay because I, I don't like draft stuff like that, so I don't even know all of this stuff. Let's say pick 14 rolls around. You've got all of your offensive tackles are not available. Guys like Brown are gone. What are some other defensive linemen that you think could fit pretty well who could be available? Well, I mean, I'm assuming you're saying Javon Kinlaw's gone as well. Because that's, right. Let's say that's Javon Kinlaw goes fit. top 10. Uh, well, obviously, Caleb on chase on, right? That's the obvious one, but he's more of an edge guy. Mm-hmm. The issue is that this interior defensive line class is not that deep. So you literally, you literally, yeah, it is a huge drop off. There ain't, to me, there's no other interior defensive lineman worthy of being a first round pick after Kinlaw and Brown. There's just not. So if you're talking about interior, probably nobody. Uh, then obviously, you know, Edge, Caleb on Chase on, who I think is definitely going to be there. Um, AJ Epinenza, who I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, Yatir Gross Matos, who's, he's decent. Um, yeah, those are probably the three, I would say. But, in, man, that case, they'd probably still pick. They If all four of the tackles are gone and Brown and Kinlaw are gone, I'm going to predict they go Josh Jones. Yeah, it seems like it would be the safe pick. And from what I said earlier, I'm not going to say that Josh Jones isn't a first-round talent. You, you, you basically said you weren't picking him in the first round. I would take a chance on a defensive lineman over Josh Jones in the first round. Mm. I would. You're not mm. me. Not everyone's me. You know, I am pretty insane sometimes. So this could just be one of those moments. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it would be the safe pick if nobody else is there, right? Nobody else that you're looking for. Every connection that could be made is just gone. Then Jones seems like he would be the fallback guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I just think that, yeah, if everybody's gone, that's now, I mean, I still like the way the board shape out. I think it's unlikely that all six of those guys could be gone. I think the so. Four, too. The four offensive tackles and Brown or Kinlaw. I think the Bucks end up with one of those guys. Um, so it's either Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Mackay Becton, Javon Kinlaw, or Derek Brown. So I think they're ended up with one of those guys. But if they're all gone, I think it's more of a chance they picked um, Josh Jones over Caleb Hunchison. All right. I mean, I don't really have I don't have a source on that. It's just my opinion of how I think they view um, like their edge, their edge r- rushing group right now on the team already. I don't think I think they would like to add some depth. I don't really think they feel the need to add a a uh, first round pick into it. Right. No, I get that. Of course, we have to wait and see how things shape out. The way the board falls, we got plenty of time. Plenty of mock drafts to go through as well. I will. Been... I will reveal my top fifteen mock draft next week. So yeah, you're going to be able to find out who the Buccaneers get, and uh, you know, will it be two a time? Mm. That'll be it. That's all you need. You don't even need to watch the draft after watching next week's episode. That's just <laughs> we are the be all end all, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, top fifteen. Well. After the t- after fifteen, like when when Atlanta gets on the clock at sixteen, then you can watch because <laughs> you would already know what happened in the top fifteen. Pick. Exactly, you don't even need so. to pay attention to it. So with that being said, let's just quit while we're on top, ladies and gentlemen. That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching on all of our outlets or watching with video, watching on all of our outlets. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening on all of our outlets that you can hear podcasts and watching with video on YouTube.com. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cannon Fire Podcast. It is the number one way to experience CFP. We've got the beautiful video. You can see my mustachioed face, and you can see a picture of Evan because today he didn't feel like putting his camera on, but that's a-okay. You still get to look at his big, beaming smile. Evan, without giving away too much, what's a little something that people can expect on the next episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast? More more draft talk. Uh, it's it's like I said last episode. It's quickly approaching. It's already April eleventh when we're when we are recording this. Um, this coming Thursday will be one week until the draft. I know it's crazy. Um, it's been going by so quick now, but I know that once we hit that week, it's gonna feel like forever. So uh, we're here for you guys, and we are going to uh, bring you guys as much draft content as we possibly can within these next you know week and a half or so. Like I said, I got my top 15 mock draft coming out. Normally, I would do top 10 because the Bucks are normally sitting in the top 10, but <laughs> I feel like it's kind of dumb to do a top 10 mock draft with the Bucks sitting at 14 on a Bucks podcast. Right. Kind of stupid to, oh, I'll just, I'll just do a top 10, and that, that's it. <laughs> so I will be doing a top 15 mock draft on here, revealing my, you know, my final predictions for what I believe. Um, then we'll talk about, like, some second, third-round guys. Um, maybe some, even some like late round guys. So we'll see. Um, gonna be talking, you know, are they gonna draft a quarterback at all? Are they gonna draft a running back in the second round? If so, who? Who do you like the best? Who do you not like? Um, you know, uh, the first round options. We can maybe dive into them a little bit more. So uh, a lot of exciting draft stuff coming up, and uh, just buckle up for a wild week and a half here. Absolutely. So the draft special coming up next. And uh, maybe, I'm sure there's some things that have to be worked out, but maybe we'll have a special guest on that show with us to talk about it. Maybe. It's up in the air right now. Of course, we'll let you guys know. But thank you so much for listening. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast for all the latest updates and news. 
regarding the show and, of course, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can follow myself on Instagram and Facebook. I'm sorry, Instagram and Twitter. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me today. You can like us on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook, Cannon Fire Podcast, but you can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. You can follow my co-host Evan on Twitter at EvanNFL and Instagram at BucksWave, the number one Buccaneers fan page. 23,000 followers and climbing. Let's get them to 25K before the start of the season, right? Let's do it. Yes, sir. And before we go, one last shout-out to our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. The world is in a crazy place right now. People are home. People are unemployed, out of work. And that means you have a lot of time on your hands. If you are a content creator just like us, you have a lot of time on your hands to think about your branding. It's 2020. It's a new year. Are you looking to change your branding? Are you looking to get to the next level of what your show can be presented like? Well, our friends at Pinecrest Printing are here to help you out. They are still open during this time, serving the Tampa Bay Area business community. Give them a call at 813-684-5444, and they'll hook you up with business cards. They'll get you good with stickers, apparel. People are not going to forget your name because it'll be everywhere in the most beautiful way possible, thanks to our friends RJ and Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Give them a call at 813-684-5444 or check out the website, pinecrestprinting.com. Their offices are open in Brandon, Florida, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Make sure you go out there and see them. And if you mention Cannon Fire Podcast, they'll hook you up with a little bit of a promo special. Thank you so much for watching our show. Thank you so much for listening to our show. I am your host, Red Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we will talk to you guys next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.